And continuing the thought on the shield of faith. And we've got that little outline on the sheet. There are still some back there if you need one. <clears throat> Why do we need this protective shield? Because of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, in those days it was probably more real than today. We've got those things they use in the army, flamethrower and things. But in those days they used to get the uh, fiery darts, literally arrows with fire on the end and shoot to the enemy. And so this was something that they would have clearly understood as it says it in the book of Ephesians in chapter chapter 6 there. Shield of faith which shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Of the wicked. And um, <clears throat> we know that there are the wicked and the, the, the wicked one. And we could take either but I think the old devil is the, definitely the wicked one. And the uh, the arrows that the enemy used are listed some of them here for, for us tonight. Let's pray and ask the Lord to learn if we've been shot lately. <laughs> and uh, some be shot in the past, but maybe in the future too, some of these different things. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And I pray that we'd take courage and encouragement from the word and be strengthened from it. And Lord, that we would hold that shield of faith and hide behind that shield of faith as the enemy hurls his darts and shoots his arrows at us, flaming arrows, to try to knock us down and to bring us undone and to make us walk away from our faith in the Lord Jesus, from the testimony of the saints and from the joyous and Christian life, the victorious Christian life. Lord, give us strength and courage from your word tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> how long has old devil been hurling fiery darts? A long time. Long time. You ever try to shoot a bow and arrow? How, how, how many times did you hit the target? I mean, the big square thing, let alone the bullseye. <laughs> we used to have them at camp. <laughs> and... I don't know if the arrows were bent or whatever, but the kids just weren't hitting. But you see, with practice, you'd probably get better at it. I know that Joshua had a compound bow. You know, that one's got compound bows. And uh, he sold it. He said, I can't hit the rabbits. <laughs> it's a pretty small target with a bow and arrow. Um, it's hard enough with a gun. But... <clears throat> The old devil has been doing it for so long, he hits his targets, all right. But we have that shield of faith to stop them hitting us. <laughs> Let it be deflected by that, that shield. So he's been at it a long time. He knows human nature. He knows our psychology, how we're made up, that we're, we're mere mortals and we're men. And he knows the weaknesses of men and women. Uh, you know, men generically is what we say. Um, he knows our actions and reactions of different people. We act and react differently, but he, he learns us. And he keeps on hurling these things at us. So the arsenal of fiery darts that he hurls at us are seen, some of them are seen here. 
that one he hurls to the lust of the flesh and is found in First uh, John chapter 2, verses well known to many, most Christians if they've been a Christian for a while, where <coughs> love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So there's the lust of the flesh, these three things, pride of life. <clears throat> Most people unsaved are governed by these things. They're not fiery darts to them because they're not the devil's enemy. They're the devil's, they're the devil's children, are they not? And so one he hurls the lust of the flesh. And that can encompass quite a few things, can't it? And... Um, because we're Christians, are we immune to the lust of the flesh? No. We can have those if we feed the old man and if we feed the flesh, these things can be temptations to us. And the more you feed it, the stronger it gets. <clears throat> and so we ought not feed this lust of the flesh that we have, the propensity to do wrong and evil in our old body, the mortal body. And <laughs> thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's in 58 of 15 of 1 Corinthians. But he can give us the victory and we can continually have victory if we yield to the Spirit and obeying the Word of God. There's a lust of the eye. As you think of it, the five senses, which are the five senses that we have, we can hear, we can touch, we can taste, we can see, and smell, <laughs> yeah, the five senses. Which of the five of those is the most prone to bring, bring us undone? The yep, the lust of the eyes. We see, we want. What did, what did Eve do when she, <laughs> she oh. saw <laughs> an apple, that apple? <laughs> the fruit <laughs> was good. <laughs> Eat. Ah, what about all the other trees? With all the fruit on them. So, it's the nature of man. Now she didn't have a fallen nature at that time, but our nature is when told, we're told not to do it, we want to do it. We see it. We want to do it. And uh, we, we, we must admit and confess that we often get away, led away with the lust of the eyes, the things, and, and each one. Each individual is different and each, the lust of the eyes for different ones will be different. They'll be stronger in some areas than others with the lust of the eye. Well, <clears throat> if you couldn't see, it wouldn't matter what colour you were wearing, would it? wouldn't matter about the colour of the car, would it? <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> you see, there's a lot of things. If we didn't, we can, we can hear. If we didn't see, we could hear and smell and uh, touch but we wouldn't be tempted as much with the lust of the eyes and then there's the pride of life <laughs> who's not been proud at some time in their life <laughs> no, <clears throat> we've all <laughs> we've just committed an act of pride <laughs> um, we are proud proud people we won't admit that we're wrong when we are wrong 
we like to be boasted on and about. When it's pointed out that we've done something wrong, we don't like it, it, it comes back to pride, doesn't it? What did uh, the old devil want to do when he wanted to ascend up and take over the throne of God? And he was going to make himself something. He was full of pride. And so there's a lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. The, the arrows that are hurled at, at us on a, it can be a daily basis that we have to resist, hold the shield of faith and stop these things penetrating our lives. Then we've got down the lust. I think I've got them in the same order as I've got them written. Lust of appetite. Which is right? Do you eat to live or do you live to eat? Eat to live. You eat to eat to live. You don't live to eat. But if you're a man given to appetite... You live to eat. <laughs> you just want to <clears throat> have that. Um, when we first moved to Albury, I remember one Sunday evening that Richard Hadfield wanted to take us to a coffee shop. There was one in Albury, and it was closed. <laughs> you, had to, you go down there now, and there's every second shop, it seems to be. It used to be shops selling stuff. Now it's the big... big the big companies are taken over, the big, you know, Kmart's and big W's and that. But there's uh, coffee shops and eat eateries everywhere, isn't there? And um, you go down there in the evening, the main street of any town, you'll find it is full of places where they can love to eat. Because if you're not a Christian, well, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> Spend your life working and not enjoying the fruits. Now you can enjoy the fruits of our labour. And he's given us all things richly to enjoy, but to over-enjoy. Yeah, well, overindulge. And as it says in Proverbs 23, 2, can anybody remember what's there? Put a knife to thy throat, if you would be a man, given to appetite, given to eating, giving to that. And <clears throat> the lust of appetite, that's an arrow that can come, and we need to be careful of that. Um, Enjoy the fruits of your labour. And if you read Ecclesiastics and that, it tells us to be balanced in our approach to these things. The love, another fiery dart, is the love of applause. The world knows this, don't they? What do they where do they applaud people in our country probably more than any other area? Sports, sports, sports. Every weekend, every... Every field seems to be full of young people and getting the applause. And if it doesn't go the way that mum and dad think it should, what do mum and dads do on on the on the side? They have a fist of cuffs. You know, if they don't believe the umpire, not all the time, but there's there's a report of that that can that can control the children, but there's the parents that don't believe the umpire made a right decision, and they love their children to be applauded, and in Matthew chapter 23, you can go from verse 5 to 17 and read about these religious people that loved applause. This is a fiery dart of the wicked one. 
And it, all, it ties in with the other fiery darts, like the pride of life. They, uh, verse 5, But all their works they do to be seen of men, they make broad the frolic trees and then enlarge the borders of their garments. They love the utmost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. Be, but be ye not called Rabbi, Rabbi. One is your master, even Christ. All ye are brethren. Which is on a, uh, we were saved through the common salvation. Not that it's cheap, but we all come via the cross. And call no man your father. And so neither be ye called masters. In verse 10. One is our master. Even Christ. <clears throat> Woe to the scribes and Pharisees. In verse 13. He shut up the kingdom of heaven. And so they, the love of uh, applause. <clears throat> Where has this applause come to now? worse than that in church you listen to the televangelists and people like that don't listen but take a peek and he makes a point and they all clap and makes another point they all clap think something just doesn't just doesn't gel right with me anyway I don't know about you um, <clears throat> the love of applause and my father yeah, yeah. and amen and uh, praise the Lord or something or hallelujah might fire the preacher up a bit <laughs> but the, the applause is that meeting the pride of a man or men you need to be careful the fiery darts are the wicked one there's one that should be held up one should be applauded one who is on the throne in heaven we, we are all servants of the Lord and let's be acting in that way and behaving that way and all Glory should go to him and not glory of ourselves. The lure of ambition is another one. And uh, we've already read Matthew 23, 7. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> Colossians 3. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Not on things of the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The lure of ambition. Let's set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. And as in Matthew 23, 7, love to be called Rabbi Rabbi Jeremiah in the Old Testament, chapter 45, Jeremiah 45 and verse 5, we read there, And seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not, for behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh, saith the Lord. But thy life will I give unto thee for a prey in all places to which thou goest. Seekest thou great things for thyself? What does it say? Seek them not. Mm -hmm. If you go to the um, feast or that which your friend or brother has put on, set yourself with which end of the table? The lowest end of the table. 
Um, <clears throat> not, don't be ambitious about setting that. Lord, the Lord has said in Peter, humble yourself and in James under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you. Be a servant. Submit yourself to the authority of others. And don't be ambitious about getting to the top. Now, <clears throat> I know and I've heard testimony of many of people in church and Christian circles where at work it seems that many of the guys at the top have got there and they just don't know how to treat the people under them. And you wonder, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I think they were ambitious and they used every wit they had to twist and turn, to butter up the boss and to get to the top. Not all of them, but when, they, when they've got there like that, it's not easy to work under these different people. And it, it's the case because they're unsaved, they've, they're very ambitious and they've got there and not from their merit. It's not what they know, it's who they know and who they've butted up. Um, <clears throat> pray that you don't have a, a boss like that. <laughs> Ambitious. And pray that a Christian, as Christians, that we won't yield to this fiery dart and let it in, infect our lives. The lust, the next one is the lust of apparel. We're in the Old Testament. Let's go to Isaiah 61 and verse 10. The rag trade. This is the apparel that we ought to desire to be clothed with. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation and covered me with a robe of righteousness. We ought to be content with that. But many are not content with that apparel. They, now I'm not saying come in rags to church. Come in your best to church. Come and go in your best for an interview but if we are just lusting after a power I don't know how the clothing shops stay in business because there's so many of them I don't know about you but I do you know if, 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 say, I'll take a pair of jeans for instance if I wear the jeans new I'll wear them around to different activities going on once they get a hole in them Usually people buy them then, but I <laughs> use them for work. <laughs> and then when I get many holes and are worn out and got paint all over them from doing that by the miles, you know, <laughs> it's easier than carrying a rag, <laughs> paint and putty. And, <laughs> and then I cut them up and use them for rags to do the grease. And, I mean, when you're repairing something. So it's fit for nothing when it's finished. <laughs> But some people still, the clothes are still good and they throw them away. I like wearing them out. Not about you, <laughs> but to wear them right out. Now, it's a bit hard to wear old suit pants driving a bulldozer. I'd look at you <laughs> or fixing, fixing something like that. <laughs> you know, it, it is probably good to keep. You never know what's going to happen in the future. Pastor Ernie Vesley. He had pancreatic cancer, and if you remember him before and see him afterwards, you might remember him more now, but he went, <laughs> and he'd kept all his old suits. 
He said, I didn't have to buy any. I had all these new ones that could fit in again. <laughs> so, yeah, but it comes time you have to clean the wardrobe out now and then, isn't it? Doesn't it happen? <clears throat> but lure of apparel. It, the, the, the industry that's been built around that. And we need to be careful of the things we wear, of who, the, you know, these designer clothes things that p people get involved with. And because they pay an exorbitant price, they think it must be better. I think they've been ripped off. And, um, <clears throat> and, and keeping that trade going, the, the, the people at the top of it, what sort of morality have they got to design the clothes they are? And designing for people to wear. You know, you, you think, you, why would you? You wouldn't wear that on the street, would you? And sometimes you see it. Yeah, they, are, they do. And so <clears throat> the lust of apparel. And it's all with the, with the eyes. It goes with the lust of the eyes, doesn't it, this arrow? Um, <clears throat> the next one here is the uh, love of mammon. The, the, the love of riches. And we can all get it. Because this, this affects a lot of the other fiery darts. Uh, Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6 deals with this in no uncertain terms. <laughs> And I think Paul, when he was inspired to write this, had people in mind. You see, he had to labour and work to meet his needs and his fellow minister's needs. And he saw others that had much, and people at Corinth or people at Ephesus, but they weren't willing to distribute that to the necessity of the saints and the, the ministers of the Lord. And uh, <coughs> he, he was inspired to write these things by the Holy Spirit in First Timothy chapter six verse five. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. And there's a whole heap of mega churches in that very category there. And what is one of the what is the condemnation of the last church before the Lord comes, if we believe that those seven churches in Revelation but they said they were rich and increased with goods and, and have need of nothing. That's the depiction of the church when the Lord comes. A rich, exceedingly church. And they don't need God. God, The Lord is outside knocking. You know, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, trying to get into the church. They locked him out. And it's all through the appetite of mammon. The fiery dart of mammon. Um, <clears throat> If I only had a little more, you know, it's known that the happiest people are the poorer people. It's not the richest. The richest don't bring the happiness. They bring concern. They bring, you know, worry. What's going to happen? Uh, if everything collapses, the poor person loses nothing. But everything collapses, the rich person loses, is the big time loser. Are they not? So let... Don't let money, it's not wrong to have money, but don't let money have you. <laughs> Put it that way. As you read here, we brought nothing into the world, and it's certain, a certainty. It would be good to look up the certainties of, of the faith, but there's certain that we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. And I believe that's food, yes, and raiment, covering, and, I, and many believe that inc inc includes a, a place to live. Let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and hurtful lusts, 
which drown men in destruction and perdition. They're not satisfied with that. They're not satisfied with this. They want to pile more on. <clears throat> but the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have been coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Do you know people that that has happened to? Is this true? It is. It's the Bible and it's true. And you see that happening to people. And you feel sorry for them, but they don't see that money has got a hold of their heart and is piercing them through. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness and godliness, faith, love, patience and meekness, and fight the good fight of faith. As Paul goes on to tell them there, fight the good fight, the shield of faith, quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked, the love of money. And the next one's very much like it, the longing for possessions that money buys. <laughs> you get this parable of the rich young ruler. Go and sell all that thou hast. <laughs> Give it to the poor. And he went away, what? Very happy. No, very sorrowful. He's, he was willing to give up eternal life for the sake of keeping his possessions. That's what it narrowed down to when you sum, summarise that up in Matthew 19. <clears throat> and Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 is a good one. It's, it's, it goes along with Colossians chapter 3. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, <laughs> and where thieves break through and steal. Those thieves can be the share market. Those thieves can be the, the bank. The bank can go broke and take it all, lose a lot. So many thieves can break through and steal. And if that's where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, you're done for. But lay up for yourselves what? Treasures in heaven. Serve the Lord. Minister to others. For neither, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal, where your treasure is there will your heart be also. And um, it goes on talking about the light of the body is the eye. And then it goes to verse 24. No man can serve two masters. He's still speaking about the things of life and money. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Choose whom you're going to serve. Choose whom you're going to serve. The longing for possessions. The love of money. The lust for power and position. This is... Um, <clears throat> Diotrephes loveth to have the preeminence. Third John verse nine. He loved to have the power and the position, and it's astounding. As I think of him every time, I think of who he was, who was he was downplaying in the scene, the apostle John, who ministered was ministered to with the Lord and ministered with the Lord, who leaned on his breast. Who had, who had got much revelation and yet Diotrephes would not have him in the church and anyone that associated with John 
He's put Dotrephes put him out of the church. Terrible, terrible. The love of pr- prominence and preeminence, of power and position. <clears throat> As you look around the world today, would you like to be a person in politics and power? Not if you're true. Not if you're honest to the truth. You just all the the little interest groups and things that are trying to make and sway you in their direction. The longing for popularity and prestige. No, now I'm not saying that she's wrong or right, but um, there's been an Australian girl that's just won the tennis in China. I don't know if there's a Chinese Open or what do they have? Ashbarty. And uh, this year she's earned $16 million. <laughs> Can you comprehend that? Um, <clears throat> she's good at what she does and she's got that and she seems to be humble at present pray that she stays that way and um, and meets people's needs in so doing and uh, you know when you're unsaved it'd be hard to handle some things that come like that power, position and popularity prestige, all these things fiery darts that the devil can use to Make us try to walk away from our faith in the Lord. Now, I don't believe you can be lost, but walk away from a good relationship with the Lord and the love of pleasure. In 2 Timothy 3, 4, it says, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And so Satan knows our weaknesses and strength. Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary walketh about looking whom he... He doesn't say who he can shoot a dart at, but that's what he, whom he can devour. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, James 4, 7, and he will flee from you. Put on the whole armour of God, Ephesians 6, 11, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Now, God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with that temptation provide a way of escape when the fiery darts come flying at you. Put up the shield of faith. Um, The old devil, the thief, the liar, comes to kill and to destroy. John 10.10 The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10.4 and 5, are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against God's will. In the mind. Romans 12.1 and 2. There. Change our thinking. He that is begotten of God keepeth. He that is begotten of God. Keepeth himself. And the wicked one. I'm just trying to work out my abbreviations. And the wicked one toucheth him not. The begotten of God. He'll fire darts at you. But you cannot be overcome if you have faith and the shield of faith in times past Ephesians 2 we walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air and so the great dragon is after us but we have the shield of faith don't let the arrows of the enemy through his fiery darts affect your love for the Lord and your service for him